Welcome to a brand new episode of Teach Like a Boss. My name is Devin Caldwell, and I'm joined by Leah Oback of Park West School Division and Jennifer Casa Todd for a conversation about digital leadership and social media in education. Jennifer is a teacher librarian from Ontario and the author of Social Media. She's an experienced educator who has served in a number of different teaching roles, including acting as the literacy consultant for her school district. She has recently authored a children's book, Aubrey Bright in Stories That Connect Us with Lee Castle, and her next book, Raising Digital Leaders, will be available soon. It was a pleasure to talk with Jennifer and Leah, and I think you'll love this episode. Coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. We always like to get started with a few get-to-know-you questions. So first of all, if you could begin by sharing your role in education and kind of your journey that's brought you to where you are today, I know our listeners would, would love to hear a little bit about your career and highlights. Absolutely. So I am currently a teacher librarian in Ontario. And prior to that, I worked as a literacy consultant at the district. Um, I did that for six years, really enjoyed the big picture of it all and getting to work with teachers, but desperately missed kids. So I looked at the library role as an opportunity to do what I was doing at the district, co-plan and work with teachers, but um, in addition, working with students as well. So really, really loving that prior to my district role. I was a high school teacher, special education teacher, co-op teacher, drama teacher, media teacher, Italian teacher, I can't, what else? Um, always at the high school level, but uh, always wanting to do something a little different. Um, so every, I don't know, six or seven years, I would do something, you know, teach something different just to get me out of that English classroom, um, just to be able to, to connect with kids in a different way. And so I've been teaching for well over 25 years now. I was inspired to become a teacher by my grade 11 English teacher who was just so passionate about literature and uh, and reading and would walk around and just like passion just exuded from him and I thought I want to be that teacher so I've been striving to be that teacher ever since. Wow, it sounds like you've had some diverse teaching experiences that have kept you interested and constantly learning and growing in the field. Absolutely. And then somehow, um, I think as a direct result of social media, actually, um, I also became an author. And um, that has been such an exciting journey. I first published Social Media in 2017 as relevant today, if not more so than ever before. And I just published a, a children's book with my friend Lee Castle, who is the Digital Human Library co-founder and just a dear, dear friend of mine. We also co-founded the Global Education Student Chat together. So we're both very passionate about all things digital citizenship and digital leadership and mentoring students. So we really wanted to create a, uh, 
a story for kids that resonates um, about the power of technology to connect us, but not in a very pedantic, preachy, don't do this kind of way. And we just happened upon um, one of the students who came into my library every day. Her name is Sahar. She was a beautiful illustrator who had a dream of illustrating a children's book. So we just so excited that we were able to help her dream come true. And Aubrey Bright in Stories That Connect Us uh, was published just in November. And I have a book called Raising Digital Leaders that's coming out uh, in the next few weeks, published by Dave Burgess Consulting. So, so again, I, I don't know how I became an author as well as an educator, but I'm absolutely loving the opportunity uh, to connect with people in a different way. And then as a result, the, the speaking, being invited to speak uh, to parents and students and, and kids, it's kind of something that I never realized I was good at or passionate about and uh, so that's kind of keeping me busy when I'm not busy at school. Well that's how we first met you Jennifer was at Riding the Wave in Gimli and we attended your session and we so enjoyed listening to you know everything you had to share and it just really sounds like your your journey into being an author and a speaker has just been a really natural outgrowth of your passions and and what you do as an educator and in your library classroom. It really has been. And I loved the Ride the Wave. That was just such a fun co- conference. Just incredible people there and just had this vibe like very few other conferences I've been at. So there was learning, but there was also getting to know people and, you know, exploring that little city, which I never would have discovered if, if not having to come there for the conference. And Andy and 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 uh, Evan just or John Evans, rather, just great, great, great people, too. So it is one of our favorite conferences, too. And we cannot wait to get back to in-person conferences. Right. Okay, well, let's dive right into our first get to know you questions. So what are you reading right now, either professionally or for enjoyment or for both? Well, I have to tell you, I've had to sort of move the professional books over um, because I have a book club. I'm um, advising a book club at school and those kids are voracious readers. And so I'm really diving into YA. Um, We read Howl's Moving Castle, which I had never read before, but the kids loved it and were so passionate about it. So I read that. I read a book called Genesis Begins Again, which I loved, 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 loved. And then I read a book called Hunted by the Sky um, by Tanaz Bethina, I think her, her name is, um, which was was also really neat. Uh, it was really fantastical and had these wonderful characters. But then I got to the end and realized, ah, there's another book and it's not coming out till June. So I remember, you know, putting in Google Classroom, friends, this is just book one in a series. And they were laughing along with me. So I've really just been diving into YA and enjoying it so much. Um, you know, especially when, when you have so much going on, being able to just pick up a YA novel that your kids love that you can talk to them about but also it's just such a wonderful form of escapism isn't it there are so many great young adult books that I know I've enjoyed and I've never um, taught middle years senior years but I've just read them because I enjoyed them myself so um, no it's great to hear you're enjoying those so much Um, Next question is, and I think you partially answered it already, you mentioned your grade 11 English teacher, but who has inspired you as an educator? 
So I'm definitely Mr. Stewart in grade 11. Um, but then I've, I've had the opportunity to have incredible mentors in my life. When I was at the board, um, Lori Lisi was the coordinator of secondary schools and she was a former teacher librarian, partially I think why I went the librarian route, but she was just so good at listening to people and being able to synthesize what they're saying, meeting them where they are, just so, 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 such an exceptional leader. So I definitely was inspired by her as a leader. And then I would say George Kuros, um, who's from out West, he has been a wonderful mentor to me as well um, over the years, especially as I became an author and, uh, and speaker as well. So it's, it's really interesting how people who've inspired, people continue to inspire me. I'm inspired by my PLN on Twitter all the time. You know, um, I belong to a group called the, um, our global classroom and those teachers who connect globally all the time, they inspire me. Um, there's, there's so much, um, so much inspiration that you can garner from people that maybe you haven't even ever met in person. So I love that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, next quick question. Um, what are your go-to tech tools? What are your favorite daily tech tools that you use all the time? Well, um, for sure, lately it's been Jamboard. Um, I have been preaching about Google Jamboard. I don't know how many of uh, your listeners are Google for education um, schools, but the the ability to interact, you know, at a moment, moment's notice, I my our students are very, very, very much struggling with connections. Um, you know, they feel isolated. We, you know, we're on Google Meets and I make sure that we're on video all the time. But um, just being able to jump into a Jamboard altogether is has been really, really wonderful. Um, I would say Instagram is uh, something that I'm using uh, to connect with our kids. And I know through, um, I'm an advisor for the student council and we're we're really trying to unify and connect our kids um, to each other because they have we we've been remote since the Christmas holidays so um, that has been a, a vehicle for us to communicate and celebrate with one another and, and connect with one another as well that is a unique challenge with our students not coming together in the same physical space all the time and I'm teaching at Brandon University right now, pre-service teachers, and they are a first-year cohort. So they have never met in real life, a lot of these students. And they are just so missing that in-person experience of learning together. So tools like this are so important, regardless of the age of our learners. And I'm not familiar with Jamboard, so that's something I'm definitely going to have to check out. So thank you for the yeah, recommendation. I have a whole... You're welcome. I have a whole playlist on YouTube. If you go to Jennifer Cassatod on my YouTube, there's okay. a whole playlist on, on what you can do with Jamboard. It's absolutely incredible. And more and more, again, those teachers on Twitter, right? More and more teachers on Twitter. Uh, Maria Galanis does a wonderful job um, of talking about Jamboard as well. Just so many templates out there, really creative people that are, um, you know, just sharing generously. So do look, look it up. It's, it's a great tool. I will. Thank you. We are a Google school division, so I do use it regularly at work. And I know we have more and more teachers relying on it, too, although we are not um, currently uh, full time remote. We have some high school students that are alternating days, um, but it is definitely a useful tool. And we will make sure to um, link your playlist in when we share the notes or the blog posts to go with this so teachers can access that. 
And you've done such a good job of filling your book with um, wonderful examples of students and teachers using technology and social media. So I know that you continue to share on that topic and you've kind of mentioned a little bit um, that you are using some Instagram to connect with students, but could you give us one example about how you and your students are currently using social media? So what is that looking like for you right now in your current teaching situation? For sure. So I also have a podcast. It's called the Social Media Podcast Celebrating Awesome. And there I connected with a, a group of young people who started something called Impact Without Contact. And um, they are an organization that is attempting to um, meet the needs of, you know, uh, first of all, uh, um, healthcare workers, um, but also seniors homes and whatnot. So they're really um, trying to connect kids to people who are feeling isolated as a result of COVID. So that connection was really powerful for me. And I was able to connect our student council students to those students through the social media through my podcast and through um, they have a an Instagram account as well so our student leaders connected with those girls um, who lead impact without contact they then connected with um, we have a speak up Carter organization and now the three of them or so the two from our school have created, are starting to create a campaign for our school to be able to create video um, and cards and whatnot for um, youth shelters, for seniors' homes. And that's been such a powerful, powerful thing um, because we talked before about kids feeling disconnected from one another. Um, and it's been really fascinating to see how kids, how our kids, especially in student council, are using Instagram to be able to get kids on side for this really good cause. So they're all connecting together for this really good cause, which I think is just exactly what I was talking about in social media, right? We're, we're seeing kids, and, and let's be honest, I mean, I think as a result of the pandemic, I personally have seen, you know, so many uh, artists and zoos and museums and whatnot, um, you know, offering services for free. And so I, wherever I can, connect my kids to that learning as well. So that's been an ongoing thing that, that I try to do, both on my personal accounts, but also on my library accounts. And then by extension, some of the school accounts that we're running as well. Thank you for sharing that. I did recently listen to the episode that you referred to and really enjoyed listening to the students running Impact Without Contact. And I think that's amazing that your students are now jumping on board with that movement. And I think it just shows like the power, right, of sharing on social media so that you can spread, um, you know, the positive from those, those kinds of projects. So that's really interesting to hear that that's what you're working on right now. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Absolutely. and that leads Thanks so nicely me. into our next question that we wanted to ask you, because it sounds like you're really using social media to inspire, you know, a greater connection, greater sense of community among your learners. Your book highlights how meaningful connections can be made online. And can you tell us some of the ways that online connections have helped, supported, or inspired you as an educator? Oh my gosh, I would not be here 
<laughs> without um, the really powerful connections that I have made. Um, so I joined Twitter in 2011 and decided that I was going to surround myself with teachers who knew more than I did, um, who shared their learning and um, who were a positive influence. And I talk to teachers about that all the time. Like you don't know the power of social media if you're just following celebrities. Social media is all about who you follow. And I talk to kids about that too. But when you follow the right people, um, there is just, there's no limit to what you can do. I, as I said before, I think having a book is a direct result of being on Twitter and having a community on Twitter. More recently, I have found so many library groups. Um, there's a Bitmoji group on Facebook. There's a, um, at Breakout EDU when I was first working on escape room kind of games for my classes and for my library, I, you know, connected with them and people are so, so generous and share. Um, and even Instagram where you would say Instagram is not really the place, right? It's more, um, it's more visual. It's really hard to share links, but I've been inspired by libraries and some of the things that they've done as well. So I think any social media platform can be a source of learning and inspiration as long as you open yourself up to that. I also think it's really important though, um, and what I've been doing lately is I make sure that I go into my Twitter settings and I don't just allow Twitter to determine what I see in my newsfeed. And this is more and more important. I think as we do as we see how easy it is for you to have a filter bubble, right? For you to only read and understand and know what other like-minded people are uh, sharing because that, that's all you see. So I'm very careful um, to interrupt my feed. I follow a variety of people um, from different socioeconomic uh, you know, places, teachers from different places, um, countries all over the world. I have a Twitter list of international educators um, because we are sometimes so Eurocentric, right? Or, or North American centric. And I want to know what other um, teachers are going through. Um, and I've learned so much. Like I said, our global classroom is a community. I've learned so much from EduMatch, um, headed by Sarah Thomas, is a group that I, I guess I, I, um, became a part of about five years ago. And the running joke is like, we, it's not a running joke, but there are like every religion, every ethnic uh, culture, every, like you name it, they're in there. And we're always able to have very constructive dialogues in there. And I learned so much from people in there. And so I think that's really important too. So as much as I, I'm inspired by, you know, lots of different ed tech groups, um, I also make sure to interrupt my feed and follow people I maybe don't agree with. Um, and then follow hashtags instead of, you know, just relying on my newsfeed on Twitter um, and modeling that for kids, right? Being really explicit about saying that, you know, I notice that everybody shares my opinion, but you know, I wonder what others are saying and, and, and really being explicit about what that can look like. 
because we have to be critical thinkers. There's so much misinformation out there. And, and we know that kids, I think the, the recent Stanford University study, it was in 2019, it was a follow-up study to a 2018, no, 16 study that said that middle schoolers did not know the difference between a credible news story and one that was sponsored. And the follow-up study showed, and that was 80%, the follow-up sh study showed that high, 90% of high schoolers couldn't do that. So we really, really need to um, teach as if social media exists, recognize there's so much learning to be had there, um, but then also uh, showcase that if we're, you know, we're not careful, we're not using critical thinking that we could be led astray. Those are excellent tips, both what you shared about diversifying your feed and ensuring that you get different opinions coming in. I know that's something I've become more and more aware of too, and I'm trying to you know, keep working on that. And I love how you also talk about modeling it for your students, because we both believe that's really important too. Um, and that does kind of lead into our next question. I, I think we have lots of colleagues and lots of teachers who are using social media in their personal life to share with their friends and family. But a lot of teachers don't yet take that to school with them and use it in their school or their classroom role and of course reading your book is a huge help um, to give some suggestions to get started but is there any other advice or um, opinion you'd like to offer for educators about using social media at school um, and why you would encourage people to take it into the classroom if they haven't yet got there absolutely um I understand why teachers don't bring social media into the classroom. Um, there was a study, I think it was by Common Sense Media, that said something like, we have 80% of kids between 13 and 17 that are using social media daily, and only 13% of classes. So that is scary to me, right? Because we have this disconnect between what kids are doing and experiencing and valuing outside of the classroom, and then what we are doing inside our classroom. So I always um, say that whenever you can bring social media into the classroom, we should, right? Because if they're not getting those conversations with us, then where are they getting them? You know, not every, not every family, not every child has the opportunity to sit around a dinner table and discuss some of these issues with teachers. So um, I advocate for using a class social media account. So that's an account that you create for either a unit for a year, or I know some people do it for an entire grade level where you are explicit with kids about, you know, let's get on our account and let's have thankful Thursdays and let's thank someone online or let's forge a connection with another class, almost like a, a pen pal connection. I think those are really important um, things that we can do sort of guided, but in other ways, like you can look at something like math, um, math in the news, that's what it's called. And you could say, I saw this on Twitter, um, you know, let's use this, right? So it, just saying out loud, these opportunities for learning that you could bring into the classroom, of course, you're going to make sure you look at them. Um, but also bringing in, um, you know, news, starting with the most of our kids get all of their news from social media, right? So starting there, I saw this on Snapchat, it's from BuzzFeed. Let's look at this. Are there any other credible articles that support that, right? So even, even if you're not like explicitly jumping into social media with your kids, because 
you're worried about it, but just bring like being in tune with it and bringing it in. I also think that especially in remote learning, giving kids the opportunity to choose a tool and they might choose TikTok or they might choose Snapchat um, and then engaging in conversations around that. I think is really important. And I think digital dilemmas. Um, Cornelius Minor wrote a book called we, We've Got This. Um, it's a really, really good book. It tackles equity. And he talks about class meetings. And what I really thought was fascinating. So whenever I have a class meeting, it's like, guys, we need to get back on track here. Let's talk about this. And we go through rules of the class. But his class meeting was different. It was an opportunity to get to know his kids and where they are. And so I was thinking it would be so cool to bring in digital dilemmas for kids as that class meeting, right? So I'm sharing that I'm struggling because my uncle on Facebook is so embarrassing and he's putting out all this really, like really toxic stuff. And he's my uncle, so I can't unfriend him or unfollow him. Like, what do I do? And so in bringing in those situations and they're just for a few minutes a day as sort of a class meeting, you can listen to where kids are. You can use that as an impetus for a future lesson, maybe about bias, you can get insight as to what they think about situations like that. And I just think it's such a powerful way to not just develop a relationship with your kids, but bring in what they're experiencing outside of school into your classroom. I don't know if that answered your question. Sorry. <laughs> it definitely did. Plus, plus so much more. Um, I think just what you shared, like the experiences and the way you integrate it into your teaching and your relationship building with your students just shows the hugely diverse ways and the power of social media, like as both a teaching tool and a tool for connection. Something we wanted to ask you about is for almost the last year now, we've been living and teaching through a pandemic. And we just wondered if you had any words of advice or encouragement for our teacher colleagues. Absolutely. Or not. I don't know. But all I know is that um, some days were a real struggle. You know, I, I walk into my, you know, in my into my library, and there's not a kid there. And I really struggle. I'm so sad. Um, and so I think we have to be mindful. We're talking about social media, we have to be mindful um, that when we're looking at other people's highlight reel that we don't internalize that as all these other teachers have it together and I don't because I'm really struggling. Um, I think more and more uh, teachers are being more authentic depending on who, again, who you follow. So you have to be gentle on yourself. You have to not compare your real life to someone else's highlight reel. And I think that's really important to model for kids too. Um, and I think you just have to, we just have to, Give each other grace and recognize that I have no idea what your internal struggles are. I don't know if there's someone in your family who's been impacted by COVID. I don't know if now suddenly, even my kids, right? I don't know if they're disengaged because they're disengaged in what I'm sharing, or if they now work at a grocery store to compensate for the financial needs of their family, right? We do not know, especially when we can't see our kids sometimes and, and know what they're, they're struggling through like we would be able to in person. So give each other grace, um, give yourself grace. That would be my biggest advice. Well, and something that's really important to us is wellness. 
how do you practice wellness, Jennifer? Because just you sharing all that you're involved in, all that you're doing, it sounds like you have an incredibly busy schedule. What practices do you have in place to care for your mental, physical, emotional health? The struggle is real, my friends. <laughs> um, it's funny, right? Because when you think about balance, you often think about putting the technology away. Um, but I'm in some Voxer groups with incredible educators who are my really good friends, who are a lifeline to me, really, when I'm struggling. Um, and so um, balance and self-care isn't always about putting my technology away. Um, I started with my friends, Mandy and Tisha, the mask educator which is every Friday night where we invite an educator on the show and we they wear a mask and we guess their identity and it's been so much fun and that has been such a release for us it's just been an opportunity to see each other every two weeks um, to gather together um, that has been definitely something that has been fun. And then the YA the you know being able to put everything aside for an hour to get you know, to get into a young adult book, you know, about some of the woes and the, you know, escapades of some of these characters. I think, uh, I think that definitely um, is, is a way for self-care. And honestly, I have never taken so many walks in my entire life. And I really, really enjoy that. We have a rescue dog. Um, we've had him now for two years. And so we walk him regularly and, you know, because we can't here in Ontario, we're in lockdown. So we can't go for a coffee anymore. And I was saying to my husband, it's amazing how, you know, I never would have imagined that I'd be getting together with friends, you know, in a forest for an hour, but that has been so good for my soul as well. You know, we both really take a lot of enjoyment from our, our pets and our outdoor time too. And certainly the restrictions placed on us have helped us to be creative about what that looks like. Jennifer, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our community of listeners? I invite anyone to reach out to me at jcassatodd um, if you have any questions. I know sometimes this feels big, right? It feels overwhelming too, on top of everything that you're doing already to use social media in the context of, of teaching and learning. But I do feel like we need to rethink the role of social media. So, so that's what I would say. Please reach out to me um, and, you know, let me let me support you if I can. Um, and I would also say check out Aubrey Bright in Stories That Connect Us. I'm really excited about that children's book that just came out. And, um, you know, again, a shameless plug, but um, getting our, our parents on side is really important, which is why I, I wrote Raising Digital Leaders. So I'm hoping that, you know, every parent library um, or every, you know, community picks up a copy of that so that we can all be on the same page when it comes to supporting our students in an age where, you know, so social media and technology are so ubiquitous. You mentioned your handle at Todd, where we can find you on social media. Is there anywhere else that we should be following you to know what's happening? For sure. Um, I blog at Um, I try to blog regularly and I, I have to share that I just launched my Google Innovator project and it's called the Student Digital Leadership Playbook. And it's a free resource as well. Do check it out. And it's designed for students to 
engage in independently because I know we sometimes take the time um, to to do some of this work with kids and it it's really um, created to help them help students shine online and and do some thinking about their online presence and digital identity looks like so I would say um, take a look at that as well it's uh, bit.ly slash sdl capital sdl um, student digital leadership playbook so sdl playbook Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes, available at www.flbsd.mb.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.